This show is a part of the podcast network of the Walled Garden Philosophical Society, an international community of philosophers and seekers dedicated to the pursuit of truth, wisdom, virtue, and the divine, wherever they may be found. To find out more, go to thewalledgarden.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Soul Searching with Seneca. Now in today's episode, I'm going to be focusing just on verse number 3 of Seneca's 16th letter on philosophy, the guide of life. And in this this one verse, I think it really shows the side of Seneca that perhaps is uh, one of his best qualities and one of the reasons why his writings have lasted for so long, which is the beauty and the style in his writing. Right. So uh, in this verse, he's basically continuing his thoughts on philosophy as a guide of life, and and he's trying to encourage the reader or you know himself to see uh, just how beautiful philosophy is and how how. Uh, how important it is for the human being and the human soul, right? And uh, and one of the ways that he does this, one of the ways that he encourages us to see the beauty in philosophy is by using beauty in his writing. And this, we see the artistic side of Seneca. You know, he was an artist at his heart. You know, he he wrote plays. You know, he was very creative in his writing. He was obviously a highly creative person, but he was not above using beauty and style and 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 wonderful choice of words to to show us just how beautiful and exquisite such a thing as philosophy really is. And uh, Charles Bukowski, the poet, he said, style is everything. You know, Miles Davis, the incredible jazz musician, uh, although he would hate that I just called him a jazz musician, he said that style is everything. And in this letter, and this verse in particular, Seneca shows that he understands that style has a place in writing because it can attract the reader and get them to truly see how beautiful the thing that you're describing really is. So anyway, that's my long rant uh, about Seneca's style in this verse. Let's, let's go right ahead and read it, shall we? So he says the following, quote, Philosophy is no trick to catch the public. It is not devised for show. It is a matter not of words, but of facts. It is not pursued in order that the day may yield some amusement before it is spent, or that our leisure may be relieved of a tedium that irks us. It moulds and constructs the soul. It orders our life, guides our conduct, shows us what we should do and what we should leave undone. It sits at the helm and directs our course as we waver amid uncertainties. Without it, no one can live fearlessly or in peace of mind. Countless things that happen every hour call for advice, and such advice is to be sought in philosophy. End quote. There are so many reasons why I absolutely love this passage, you know, and it has in many ways guided my approach to philosophy because every single line in this little verse uh, gives you something to think about in, 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 in relation to how you're approaching philosophy, how you're going to use it in your life, and, and what philosophy can do for you uh, very tangibly in your life. You know, and so let's let's go through and let's take a look at this, and and maybe I'll give you my own experience and 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 my own uh, interpretation of of these lines, and we'll see what we come up with. But 
Firstly, you know, philosophy is no trick to catch the public. It is not devised for show. It is a matter not of words, but of facts. And, you know, I have often thought about this because one of the duties that I have as somebody who is obviously sharing this philosophy and and the words of Seneca with people like yourself there at home listening or driving listening and um, trying to get the value out of this, one of the duties that I have is to not just use this only as an avenue uh, for catching the public, you know, like it's very easy to get drawn into that kind of cycle of, you know, being desirous and hungry for the next view, the next click, you know, the next download. Uh, and this can also show up in in people's lives who, who don't, say, have a podcast like I do, you know, and it can show up in, you know, you want to share uh, your public image of being philosophical with other people. You want it to be known uh, that you are on this path of discovering philosophy. And so you will kind of change the way you behave. You'll put on that mask, that persona in order to seem or to look as though you were a certain way. But, you know, whether it's with me thinking about my duty as a podcaster and as somebody who is sharing this philosophy or you as somebody who is engaging with philosophy and trying to let it guide your life, one of the things that we need to think about is, are we just putting on a show or are we really using philosophy for the purpose it is intended to fulfill in our lives? And one of the things that that means is that we need, both you and I, to be seeing the results from the practice and the study of philosophy in our lives. Me, as a practitioner and sharer of this philosophy, I need to have seen some results in order to actually tell you, yeah, this stuff works, you know, go out, pursue philosophy, pursue wisdom, it will change your life. And hopefully you can tell by the way that I talk about these things that uh, that I have absolutely seen these results in my life, but but also with you, you know, when you listen to this video, you have a duty. You take on a duty by listening to this video, and the duty that you have is, do you really understand what I'm trying to get across here? Do you really understand what Seneca is trying to get across here? And are you going to take that information and use it in your life? Are you going to allow philosophy to do the job that it should do with you? Or is this just merely entertainment for you? You know, is this just merely something to pass the hours of the day? And are you just going to use this as a way to make yourself feel as though you're making progress because you're listening to something? You know, I I often catch myself listening to uh, audio or, um, or books or reading and thinking, hang on are you really getting what you need out of this or is this just merely entertainment? And there will come a point uh, where we'll get to the letter where Seneca has one of the best rants that I've ever read in my life talking about how students of philosophy would go into these auditoriums to listen to the philosopher for mere entertainment, not to take something of value away, but just to pass the hours of day. And, uh, and rightfully so, he condemns that kind of behavior. And so, you know, this isn't just for show. This isn't just something to catch the public. You know, this isn't something just to pass the hours of day. This is important stuff that we're talking about here. This is wisdom, philosophy, the love of wisdom. And this is the stuff that's going to allow you to have a firm foundation and a straight and narrow path in your life towards a flourishing existence. You know, this is real stuff. So, uh, so anyway, uh, moving on, he says, uh, 
It is not pursued in order that the day may yield some amusement before it is spent, like we're saying now, uh, or that our leisure may be relieved of a tedium that irks us. It molds and constructs the soul. It orders our life, guides our conduct, shows us what we should do and what we should leave undone. It sits at the helm and directs our course as we waver amid uncertainties. So I love this image that Seneca is setting up here. You know, let's focus on that idea of it sitting at the helm, philosophy sitting at the helm and directing our course and our conduct, right? Now, what he's suggesting here is that there's almost a relationship that needs to be built between us and philosophy. We need to be developing this superior being that is within us that is able to direct our lives, right? And a great way to think about this is actually seen in the movie Pinocchio. Uh, you know, what happens in that movie? You see at the start, you know, Pinocchio is not a real boy, right? He's a, he's a puppet. And on his shoulder sits Jiminy Cricket, this little shabbily dressed cricket, right? And, you know, he's, he's got these kind of cruddy clothes on and he doesn't look too great and he kind of gives bad advice, right? But then what happens by the end of the movie? You know, Pinocchio has turned into a real boy by going through all of these challenges, right? And there's, there's so much that happens in between and, and deep mythological ideas as well. But ultimately what happens is he frees himself, right? And he becomes a real boy. And, uh, and the cricket that sits on his shoulder, which is supposed to represent the conscience, right? That better part of ourselves that is able to sit at the helm and direct our lives. The conscience or Jiminy Cricket is actually dressed in a tuxedo and he gives good advice now. And, and so you see this idea that what we want to do in our lives is to develop and build a good relationship with our conscience, the, the better part of ourselves, the highest good part of ourselves that is aiming at the best for ourselves and the world around us. And as you can develop that relationship, as you can develop that kind of master that sits on our shoulder and guides us, uh, you will receive better and better advice from that voice that speaks. And, and the same thing happens with philosophy. The reason we are studying, the reason we are engaging with philosophy and trying to seek wisdom is so that in our lives, in every moment, we will have access to a better conscience, a better voice that speaks truer words, that speaks wiser words to us when we need advice. And that's what we're trying to do. We need to develop that to a sophisticated level. And I also don't want to gloss over this very important line here, which I think is key. And it really, once I understood this, uh, it really changed the way that I look at philosophy as well. Is He says that it teaches us what we should do and what should be left undone. And that's such a great idea because so often in our lives, you know, when we want to make progress, when we want to develop ourselves, we, we look for things that we can do or things that we can pursue, things that we can add to ourselves. But I have certainly found in my own journey of discovering philosophy and, and using it in my life that some of the most important decisions that I have made have been those decisions where I've, I've said, okay, I actually need to remove this from my life. I need to leave this behind. I need to let this dead wood burn off, you know. I will no longer do these sorts of things because they can be left undone in life. They're not as important as what I need to be doing over here. So, remembering that there's always a harmony, there's always a balance that we are trying to seek, and part of that is gaining something, but also another part of that is leaving something behind. So, I've certainly found that to be really helpful. Um, and it, it, I, I, 
actually think that that line, along with a few other kind of movements in my life, was one of the major influences for me saying, you know what, I, I don't want to play the game of social media. It's, it's not my path. I don't feel as though it is something that is adding a whole bunch of value to my life. And also, I, I, I just felt bad having all these accounts. I, I don't know quite what it was, but it was a feeling that I had. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to see this as a challenge. I'm going to see if I can build my career, whatever I'm doing, without using these platforms. Because to me, it I just wasn't getting the value out of it. And I thought, I, I'm going to feel so much better when I don't have that distraction available to me, when I don't have that pressing desire to get on these platforms. And it was one of the best decisions that I made and it freed up so much time, freed up so much mental space and energy for me to focus on deep work. And so sometimes wisdom will teach you what you need to add and sometimes it will teach you what you need to take away. And so anyway, Seneca goes on to say that without philosophy, no one can live fearlessly or in peace of mind. Again, going back to that idea that we saw in the previous episode where he's kind of saying, listen, philosophy is the thing. Nobody can live a truly happy life without it. That's Seneca's claim. And then he says, countless things that happen every hour call for advice, and such advice is to be sought in philosophy. And this is, again, you know, one of these ideas that I've, I've thought about for a long time. You know, I, I was out running one day, for example, and I was thinking as I was running, I was thinking, you know what, if I really think about it, if I really get present in my running and if I, if I focus in on what I'm doing, there are so many things that I could be doing differently in the way that I'm running right now that would absolutely help me uh, to be more efficient in my running, to, to feel better as I'm running. There are ways that I'm holding my body that I could change. And, and then I thought, you know what? The pursuit of virtue, it's kind of this limitless uh, pursuit. You know, there are always things that you could be doing better in your life. There is an endless plethora of, of these decisions that we could be making that would improve our current existence, right? And I'm not, I'm not suggesting that you dive into that pool of absolute chaos and, 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 and try to fix absolutely every single thing that you're doing in every moment of your day. But, but Seneca's point stands that in every moment, we are called to make decisions on so many things, and we need something useful to guide us in those moments, you know, and that is wisdom. Wisdom is how do you go about your day moment to moment? What are you going to do? What are you going to leave undone? How are you going to live your life in each moment? And Seneca's promise is that philosophy is the thing that's going to help you to make those decisions and make wiser decisions in every moment in your life. And I have certainly experienced this. I'm sure that you've experienced this at least to a small degree in your life as well, because you wouldn't be listening to this if you didn't have an inclination that, you know, there was something valuable about philosophy. There's something there that can teach you to live a better life and to make better decisions each day. So, uh, ultimately, 
I just hope that you take away from this from this verse that you know we really need to be practicing this. We need to be seeing the results. It needs to be something that we can tangibly see in our lives that is working for us because that's what wisdom is. That's what philosophy is. It is the love of this wisdom that can help us in every moment to guide our lives. And that's a beautiful thing. So I hope that you took a few things away from this episode and I will talk to you next time. 